Time for rolling. Hey, Endless55 here. Welcome to episode 18 of Time for Rolling Esports. On this episode, Crude and I will be doing the breakdown of Split 2 of Weekend 3. And then we'll also be previewing the challenge battles that will be happening this coming weekend. Um, this is the last episode before the Spring Finals. Uh, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at TFR underscore esports. We will be doing one skin giveaway and 2.4 update, probably Black Feathers new champion skin. But that is all I have for the news. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. targets that is one trade t tigers is still pretty healthy tries to jump in he finds one this is a big turnaround for liberation x they might get the third they might find an ace here on two lost boy top surrey strike is not oh. enough goes down he might go for donna twips he's gonna get one he's gonna get two lost boy oh. top lost boy top he does it he gets the two versus one turnaround under the turret he lives Time for rolling. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Endless55 here. We are back with episode 18 of Time for Rolling Esports. On this episode, we are going to talk about the last weekend of Split 2, talk about the upcoming challenge battles, kind of make this one a little longer episode. We had a really busy weekend, didn't get to around recording, but we are back. What's up, Crude Sloth? How's it going? How's it going, man? How are you? Doing pretty well, doing pretty well. Ready for this uh challenge battles that are going to be happening here next week Ooh, there's going to be a lot of good battles a lot of good battles yeah i think uh going into this little split for the challenge battles we kind of were looking at these big teams to maybe come back in and uh pretty much none of them are in the top three like i was thinking <laughs> yeah it's gonna be interesting to see who how these uh the picks go around this time who's gonna pick who yeah, so point breakdown real quick for you guys. Uh, Europe, so just so you know where it stands, going into weekend three. Europe, G2 with 31, Team Secret with 28, SK with 27, Fnatic with 21, Cyclone with 20, Rising Lotus with 9, Fluffy Chickens with 3, and Mouse Sports with 0. North America, we got Team Solo Mid with 40, Hammers with 33, Cloud9 with 25, uh, Gangstars with 19, Immortals with 6, Rogue with 4, Temple Storm with 4, and Tribe Gaming with 3. So both sides, a lot of uh, places to be, or a lot of teams are trying to take over places. You know, Hammers is going after Team Solo Mid spot. We got Europe pretty much the top four, kind of all our top three are really fighting for that second and first spot. So um, I knew it was going to be interesting going into this weekend. Uh, I was kind of surprised with kind of there was a lot of interesting things that happened that we can talk about when we get to it uh, real quick. Let's just briefly discuss EU and their matchups for day one. Uh, we see Team Secret versus Cyclone. Team Secret uh, takes that game two to one. We got game two. We got Mouse Sports versus Fluffy Chickens. Fluffy Chickens are going to win that two to one. Uh, I was kind of surprised I picked Mouse Sports to win. I thought they would beat Fluffy Chickens. I think Mouse Sports uh, lost first game and then Fluffy Chickens ended up taking it in the three games. Uh, we got Fnatic 2 0 against Rising Lotus. And then SK and G2, that was a really crazy matchup. Um, SK was like 
33 HP points, I believe. Uh, I forget, one of the websites did like an analysis on the health and the damage output on the Vein Crystal for that last team fight. And I think the Crystal had 33 health left and they killed them and rushed down and won. So SK was like 33 HP away from getting into that second place spot because that's what kind of kept them out from taking over Team Secrets or G2's second place spot. Yeah, so. that was really crazy. And also, I really got to point back out, uh, Mouse Sports got their first point in uh, EU, so that's pretty exciting for them. I did Good say job. they are going to get their first points. You didn't believe they would, but I, I thought they were going to get two points, but they only got one. So I guess they still get did get one point. <laughs> you, were, you were partially right, at least. Partially correct, yes. Yeah, so um, let's go over to switch over to NA's day one then and talk about some of these matchups. Um not all. I know the last matchup was Hammers versus TSM. That was the one that really mattered. Also, Immortals and Tempest Storm. That was a big one. Yeah, so for our first matchup, we got Tribe Gaming versus Gangstars. Um, I know we had both looked into this game as maybe pretty possible for Tribe to beat Gangstars, and we were uh, interested to see on how it was going to turn out. Um, draft is pretty interesting. Uh, I think Gangstars drafted extremely smart with the scarf pickup in the jungle on Zeno. I think scarf against that pedal was a really smart idea. Um, Status is really known for his pedal play. So uh, with that Zeno on that scarf, you can get those broken mist stacks on the Munions and you can stack up and use your goop to really slow pedal down. So pretty good counter along with that Grumpjaw coming out of Wrecked. But uh, Iraqi, I was pretty impressed. You know, he went 11-3 on that Kestrel. And, you know, like once again, day one, Gangstars looked pretty strong. Yeah, I was, uh, like like you had said, I was surprised. I kind of thought that Tribe would maybe put up a little bit of a better performance against Gangstars. Um, but, I mean, Gangstars, they're still showing why they still belong in that top half of the top tier teams from NA at least. So it was a good showing by them, and they moved on to day two. Yeah, so, I mean, that first game they won pretty handedly. Um, second game, nothing too crazy happens in the drafts. We see Zeno getting back on his Black Feather status once again on that pedal. It is one of his most comfortable heroes. He plays that pedal a lot. Um, you know, Pawn tries to go into a Shiv, Sorrow Blade, and Tyrants. I don't think that was the smartest build in this case with the. You know, a tanky Xeno and a tanky Lyra, the Shiv, I understand. But maybe a breaking point would have been nice since these, since you had such a tanky front. Um, Iraqi, you know, he did some work on that Adagio, that alternating current Shatter Glass. Um, uh, E36, you know, he did what he could. A lot of good impales and keeping Xeno with his Githian walls away. And uh, I think Xeno just, I mean, he, all he had was Serpent's Mask. This is what blows my mind. All he had was Serpent's Mask and... Shiv. So, I mean, that's a decent amount of damage, but when it comes to long team fights, nothing's happening. No breaking point, no other item. He had Atlas and Metal Jacket. So, I was kind of surprised that his biggest fear was Pawn putting out that much damage compared to that pedal, who we know has a crazy damage output. He didn't even have an Aegis. So, so you know, really just using his lifesteal to stay alive and using Rose Offenses to get on top of status and making statuses play a lot harder. I mean, yeah, obviously when you have two of the, the healer captains and you have Iraqi on that Black Feather, there's so many tools. Like you said, you know, he had the lifesteal and then he had his defense and armor. I mean, I, when I looked at this draft, I was like, okay, Gangstars has got this one be just because of the simple fact that they got that double healer comp 
with that black feather i knew that black feather was gonna be able to get in the back line and just tear up tribe gaming but i was surprised like you said as well that there wasn't very many offensive items but it still worked for him obviously yeah, especially if iraqi's gonna use his gif of raft and uh you know cast that on xeno to help get him that damage buff if he is doing that um, but really, when I, Iraqis spin out that much um, damage, Xeno was really just more of a nuisance and just lasting a very long time. So, uh, pretty good day one performance of Gangstars. They go ahead and take Tribe or take down Tribe 02 and move on to day two. Uh, so, we're going to talk about our next matchup a little bit, kind of a big matchup point wise. Yeah, so we got uh, Tempo versus Immortals. Um, as far as draft goes, uh, we see Ataka come out for Tempo Storm, which uh, is a pretty big counter to Samuel, who was drafted by Immortals uh, a couple picks before that. So I thought that was a, a good move by Tempo Storm. Um, yeah, we saw, you know, pretty interesting bans come out. Uh, all captains were banned in this phase. Uh, Glaive, I consider that a pretty big captain now. So a lot of times we see more of like Kashkas and Gwens and more of these carries being focused and trying to eliminate some of the carries. So I was interested to see Tempo and Immortals both kind of focus on those captains, especially Grumpjaw, which we'll see later on in NA have a pretty good success. So, uh, you know, I was glad to see an Arden on Immortal side and have that uh, another strong captain who's not played as much. But like you said, that Taka was a pretty good pickup against that Samuel, especially with Tempo. They're going to be able to run this early game. Um, aggression uh, we see on day one this is going to be important to note later on on day one tempo's roster is lost boy Toph, selena and hyde so um they had their normal squad for day one it's kind of changes in day two which we'll talk about later but um in this matchup you know we see immortals doing a decent job to stick in the game a lot of good team fights you know they had uh eight kills against tempo's uh, eight kills so pretty back and forth it definitely came down to you know 18 minute match really just whoever won the last team fight in that case ended up winning the game i think tempo had uh if i remember correctly their last rotation and, and then in the team fight uh taka did a really good job of kind of catching aloha out and aloha was their main source of damage in this fight he went four and two on that samuel which you know if samuel can sit back and get out of his mouth Malice and Verdicts and really just stack up those Broken Myth. It can be pretty difficult for um, Selena on that Gwen to get the damage off. He needs to get off. So uh, Tempo, you know, they look pretty strong. I kind of, me and you both picked Tempo to win. We kind of had a feeling going into this matchup that Immortals is just, they're looking too weak right now and Tempo's playing really well. Yeah, something, I mean, something's got to change with Immortals. I'm not sure what, I don't know, Sweet Jay's got to step in and figure something out with these guys. I mean, like we had talked times and times again i know dienzo is very young and well most of these guys are actually pretty young on the on the immortals team but still it's just something's got to be done because it is not working for immortals right now at all they they have what six points i, I believe is that right yeah six points so i mean they're still gonna go to live finals and we'll just see what happens after live finals no matter how they perform um and maybe I believe there will be some moving going on in middle beginning of the summer. Um, I know I don't know if how I don't know if all the team members are moving together or what's happening there, but I know summer may be a good off season for Immortals to maybe fix some things and get that team synergy back together. Uh, Sweet Jay talks on the desk a lot. You know, Immortals is right there. They're getting close to their tipping point of becoming a strong team. Uh, they just need to make more uh, decisive decisions and not make as many sloppy plays. 
Yeah, absolutely. So Temple Storm took that first one. Um, moving into the second matchup, we see in the draft here again, we see that uh, Temple Storm, they get that Taka again, uh, which is another great pickup because just like the previous draft, Immortals went ahead and picked up that Samuel. And so that's a great counter right away. I don't understand why Immortals wouldn't, they, they kind of banned out that Grumpjaw, which, I mean, smart move. But when, if you if you were planning on picking up Samuel, when, I, I would think that you would want to take out that Taka because that Taka was just that counter that previous game. So, I mean, obviously there's a lot of strategy that goes on there and they might have had a different plan for something else and you got to you got to do stuff on the fly obviously, but yeah, uh, I don't know what do you think about that draft? Uh the Lyra and Gwyn combo, that's a pretty good combo. Lyra's a pretty good early game captain, um especially right now until that nerf comes through in the next patch when we switch over to that. Uh her, you know, her missiles and storm crown will be debuffed or nerfed. So, uh, you know, the, her damage will not be as strong early game. But uh, Temple Storm, you know, they kind of executed this comp kind of just like they did in that first game, and nothing really changed for uh, Immortals, their game plan-wise. I feel like uh, different captain and different laner, but for the most part, uh, Zeo kind of struggled just making the plays and getting the damage off that he needed. Um, I think that Captain Glaive may not be as comfortable for Veins as... Maybe an Arden or Lance is, um, but you know we see Lance being banned away, so uh, maybe he just didn't want to go in that Arden again, and maybe just use that Glaive for you know knockbacks, repositionings, try to maybe get on top of that Gwen. But even with the Skedaddle, that could be difficult to do. So uh, surprisingly, once again, I think Tempo outdrafted Immortals, and um, uh, Tempo Storm takes this game just as handily. I got not necessarily handedly because the first game was eight to eight. But, you know, when you can make the right the right calls, the right rotations in the late, late game like that, a last team fight can kind of decide who's going to be able to just base rush and win. Yep, so moving on to our third game of the day, we got Cloud9 going up against Rogue. Um, so looking at the draft here, we see that, you know, Cloud9, they ban out that Gwen, and Rogue uh, bans out Lance. So the pickups come through. Um, Cloud9 get Kashka, and then later on they also pick up Fortress. So obviously their whole plan was early game aggression um, to, to really try to, you know, obviously snowball and get the early win. And uh, I do like Rogue picking up that Samuel, though, in the end there, to, and Vox uh, as well to help kite away, uh, doing a little bit of kiting against that Cloud9 aggression with the Fortress and the Kashka who have to get on top of you and uh, try to hurt you that way. Yeah, supposedly Grimjaw is a counter to Kashka. I don't know how successful that counter works and which uh, specific cop needs to be ran. But uh, Samuel, you know, does a decent job. If you can hard engage on Samuel once he gets off his Drifting Dark and he's not sitting in that, uh, you can do that pretty easily with Akashka and Fortress and kind of force Samuel off of it. If he's gonna, if he's gonna, you know, put out his Drifting Dark towards you and kind of kite towards you, sitting in his pool, spitting out his mouse and verdicts over and over you know that can do a lot of damage so if you can make him run and make him scared uh it's really difficult to play samuel scared you have to be more of the confident team and be able to be in the right positioning but uh when you have a kashka who can do that much damage and especially a kashka on isle of joseph uh, it's kind of scary to be anywhere near that pouncy fun so uh mm -hmm. rough game for rogue in order to you know execute the comp as they wanted i think them banning away that lance was a mistake since they did get that Kashka. That Lance would have been nice. I, I have a feeling if they left that Lance open, 
that Cloud9 would have banned Lance in um, Band 2 or maybe even picked him up since they were going for that Kashka. But, um, yeah, I think it was a big game for Cloud9, I think, in retrospect, as we look at what happened in Day 2, uh, getting this win against Rogue was pretty important for them. Yeah, I think, real quick, I think it was uh, interesting the fact that uh, Gabe Vizzle actually did go on to Fortress. I don't, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I don't recall Gabe playing Fortress very much. He's more of a, a Lance and Arden, um, sometimes, you know, sometimes uh, Adagio, but I don't remember seeing him on Fortress very much, so I don't think Rogue was expecting that. I think that's why they went with that Lance. So, yeah, it was interesting to see that picked up. Obviously, it worked, but I thought it was interesting to see that pick up. Yeah, we see in a enjoying an early game comp Kashka Fortress sometimes, and then some weeks they feel like not doing it. I don't know when they decide to do it and not. Last <laughs> week we saw three four or three Kashka picks on three wins on T Tigers, and this week you know we get a few more Kashka picks and a few more Kashka bans. So kind of interesting how one week Kashka wasn't touched, and the next week they're like, oh, let's start playing Kashka again. I think that just kind of shows how balanced a lot of heroes are and just how trends are during scrims can affect how the trends are during the matches. So it's kind of interesting to see the trends there. Going on to the second game, Cloud9 is up the one game. Rogue is going to try and do their best to take this game into a game game three, the series into game three. Uh, once again, Rogue bans away that Lance, which is frustrating. Evolve plays a crazy Lance. I've seen him post so many videos on Twitch of him saying, how did I survive? And then he has like, how did I survive part one? How did I survive part two? He gets some <laughs> crazy combat rolls, some crazy uh, impales over walls to just avoid people. So, you know, once again, we see Sibs on this Samuel, which Sibs plays a really good Samuel. But, you know, there's other people out there that I would like to see. Uh, more aggressive style. We do see that Kestrel being banned away, so Sibs can't get on that. But uh, once again, we see Cloud9 get on this comp of a Baron Kashka. So late game, early game type combo. Uh, Kashka being able to dominate that early game and let old school kind of ramp up on a four item Baron. And then we see Gabe back on that Adasha that he does play more often, is more comfortable with. Uh, once again, Hammy on a box. Uh, Rogue, you know, another team that I would like to see, you know, keep playing, keep practicing, getting better. I don't like to, I don't want to see them, you know, drop out of this V8. I want them to stick around and prove themselves. But if that's something that needs to happen in order to figure things out, maybe like Misfits and Echo Fox will learn, uh, then that's what's need to happen. But I mean, anything else for, uh, this game two with Cloud9 besides the fact that Cloud9 won once again and moved on to day two? I just wanted to see, uh, old school get attention, though, you know, attention about Arden, but it didn't happen. So. Yeah, we saw that so, once on yeah. starting all over. We'll see what happens <laughs> with Baron next patch once that uh, buff comes through. So I think a Baron tension bow plus a Kashka would have been pretty crazy. That's pretty early game. So yeah, going on to the match of day one that everyone was interested to see that was going to set the tone for day two, whether day two is going to be really serious or day two is going to be a giant, giant scrim where people played weird places and weird things. So uh, we saw Hammers versus Team Silamid. Let's go ahead and break down these drafts. This was a big game. Hammers on side A, Team Silamid on side B. Hammers start by banning away that Gwen, and then Team Silamid goes ahead and bans away that Lance. Uh, first pickups, we see a, a good flex pick coming out of Hammers, pick up that Glaive. And we see Team Silamid go ahead and pick up that Arden, which I was kind of surpre surprised that you know Flash did pick up that Arden. It's not someone he always, like, it's not like a must pick up for him. 
Second round of bands, we have that Kestrel being banned away, which makes perfect sense. You do not want Von C on that Kestrel. And then Team Selimit are kind of forced to ban away that Kestrel or that Kashka because, you know, T-Tiger. So they definitely ban away each jungler's strongest hero. Um, Hammers go ahead and pick up Adagio. So I kind of, um, you know, looking at Adagio being in that captain role and then Tiger's playing, T-Tiger's playing on that Glaive. And then we see Ringo being picked up for starting all over. Um, for the last two pickups of Team Solo Mid, we do get a Baron come through and a Grump Jaw. So two heroes that maybe not have had the most success, but uh, Best Chucks, Baron, was something I was pretty interested to see on how it would go in this matchup against the T-Tigers, especially T-Tigers running that cooldown and a bunch of knockbacks. I was interested to see Von C's Grump Jaw. <laughs> yeah, Von C, um, extremely successful, 7-0 and on the Grump Jaw. Yep. So it was insane the amount of damage he could do. Um, the slow that would come out, it would really just, I mean, it would allow Best Chuck to just rocket leap in and get his damage off on starting all over. Starting all over, just it was just a rough game for him positioning-wise. 0-6, Von C would get close enough. And, you know, this stutter stepping that came out of Von C was just pretty crazy. Once you hit your B, you kind of get this attack buff speed, I feel like, and he would just stutter. And once he gets that aftershock in that storm crowd he can take turrets he can take uh, objectives super fast and his clear was super fast i mean it was just honestly a really great grump jaw coming out of on c 55 cs allowing best chuck to get that 156 cs um which you think 156 cs is wonderful not as much as he needed honestly to be that four item baron Kind of surprised TSM still won. Starting all over 177 CS. Definitely out farm best Chuck in the lane. Yeah, but that's what starting all over does well. Um, I mean, going back to the draft though, real quick, I was interested when Arden was picked up and then Grumpjaw was picked up. I was like, okay, is, is Flash X going to do a Grumpjaw roam maybe? And maybe we'll see like a weapon power Arden in the jungle. But I mean, obviously that's not what happened. But I was, I was curious to see what they were going to do with that because we haven't really seen a whole lot of Grumpjaw jungle. I mean, we're obviously seeing it more and more now with that, uh, with the crystal and then the the storm crown, the the cooldown. But I, I was kind of curious if they were going to try to do something and switch it up here. Yeah, I mean, kill wise for Team Still in mid, you know, we see uh, fourteen kills on them, and then for hammers, we see them have four, and all four kills went over to their captain chicken. So. Honestly, a rough game uh, for them to get their damage out and actually to do a decent job of like getting in the right position to maybe eliminate uh, Best Chuck. But um, starting all over, just having his Sorrow Blade tension or Sorrow Blade breaking point and Tyrant's Monocle. No need for any heal items in this type of comp. I was kind of surprised I didn't see. Uh, I don't think a Poison Shiv on Best Chuck actually works. I don't think I've never seen a Baron build any type of Poison Shiv before to uh, negate that healing coming out of Chicken. But good game for Team Selimid, 14-4. Definitely the start they needed in this series. So you want to go ahead and break down this Game 2 matchup? Yeah. So Team Selimid was on side A. Hammers is on side B. Uh, right away we see Team Selimid. They ban out the Glaive. Hammers comes back and bans out in Arden. Uh, so that allows Team Solid Mid to go ahead and pick up a Gwen. And then Hammers, they go ahead and snatch up that Lance right away. I like that Lance pickup, obviously, with the Glaive and the Arden gone. Um, you're still kind of running out of Captain Heroes, even though both of the healer captains were still available. Um, neither side picked up either one of those. So 
Moving to the next two bands, Team Silver Mid, they ban away Kashka and Hammers bans away Taka. So there go two Assassins. Both the Assassins are off the board, um, which then allows Hammers, which I think is a very smart pickup. They go ahead and pick up that Samuel right away since that Taka has been banned out, like what I was talking about earlier. You ban out that Taka, that allows you to pick up that Samuel because um, that is a hard counter, Taka to Samuel. Team Silver follow up and they get Kestrel. And then we see Flash X, he gets his Flicker again. And then Hammers finish it up with a Baron. Yeah, I mean, after I figured out how the game ended, and after the game I look back at the draft, I don't know if the Taka is that hard of a counter in order to ban him there in this situation. I think uh, Kestrel can definitely, and Bonsi's Crystal Kestrel especially, can outpoke that Samuel. So I think maybe banning that Kestrel again could have been smart. I don't think Fonsi's as dominant on that Taco or can do as much damage. We see in this game just a crazy, crazy aggression. Like, just out insane. Like, you get a Frostburn Kestrel, you get a slow out of Flash, and you get a slow on the Buckshot. Um, you know, they would just both end Viz. They would go into the middle of the lane, and they would just Buckshot starting, slow starting, and starting would be dead instantly. And that's not what you need on a Baron who's trying to become a four-item Baron. Um, it was hard for starting. Once again, to get in position, it goes 0-11 in this day one altogether. Really a rough matchup for him. We see Von C going 5-2. and two. Uh, He got a Eva Harvest once again. He always does that double battery. Sometimes he gets into the Eva Harvest. Sometimes he doesn't and goes into his... Um, Halcyon Chargers, but you know, Flash just a really great job of harassing the lane and just making it hard for T Tigers to do enough damage and stay alive for starting to be that four item late game Baron. Yeah, this uh, this Flicker too is not going anywhere. And in patch 2.4, we see that it, he gets a little bit of a buff with his uh, uh, stealth and stuff like that. So I think this Flicker is going to be around to stay, and I think more teams should pick it up other than just TSM. They need to be watching Flash X on how he plays this and taking notes because I think it's here to stay for a little bit. Yeah, unfortunately for Flash X, I think it's going to be a little too strong to where the point's going to be first ban Lyra, like a Lyra Adagio is. And I think with these recent nerfs for Lyra and Adagio, they may be uh, not being focused at all. And we're just going to see Lance and Adagio, or Lance and Flicker being banned away right away as the top two uh, captains out there, um, which will be interesting to force people into maybe these newer, newly weak captain roles of Lyra and Adagio. So. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to see how 2.4 ends up. It'll be exciting to see the challenger battles on that to get a little glimpse before we head into the live Unified us uh, over in London. But yes, this game, too, was a pretty big snowball for them. 16-2. to two. Hammers, unfortunately, could not come out and perform like they needed to be able to make that push to get that first place. Uh, unfortunately... They were the whole talk going into this weekend was can Hammers take TSN's first place, but not one per one person mentioned can Cloud Nine take Hammers second place, and that was something that kind of maybe blew people away. Let's go ahead and break down this EU for um, day two and talk about how they finished up in these seven weeks of the two splits. Um, First matchup for semifinals, we got Team Secret versus Fluffy Chickens. Team Secret takes that matchup. Uh, then for game two, we got Fnatic versus G2, and G2 takes that against Fnatic. And then for the finals, we got Team Secret uh, versus G2. Team Secret wins that matchup. It was a great matchup. 
Uh, final point standing for Europe is G2 with 37. Team Secret 36. Team Secret could not get enough points, obviously, to beat G2. Um, then SK with 28, Fnatic 25, Cyclone 21, Rising Lotus 9. So there are your top six teams that will be heading to London at towards the end of May. All right, so first up, the first matchup of the day, we had Cloud9 going up against Gangstars. Um, pretty interesting matchup. Obviously, we see Cloud9 trying to take that uh, hammers uh, get, or spot number two. So they have to go through Gangstars to do that. Diving into the first game, the first draft here, we got uh, Cloud9 on side A, Gangstars on side B. Cloud9, they go ahead and ban away that Kestrel right away. Gangstars come back and ban the Lance. Uh, Cloud9 go ahead and pick up Kashka right away. So that was an interesting pickup. They go ahead and get that right away. Uh, Gangstars follows up with Gwen. And then Cloud9 ban out Grumpjaw. Gangstars ban out Fox. And then Cloud9 gets Ringo and Adagio. And then Gangstars finish that up with Lyra and Alpha. Yeah, so I think it was a pretty interesting draft uh, on both sides here. I was kind of surprised to see Xeno pull out as Alpha. We've seen it work and be pretty strong in past games. Um, old school on his Ringo. I was kind of thinking that maybe they could have just done uh, after that first pick, Kashka, and then they go ahead and pick up uh, Adagio. Still maybe seeing old school on the Adagio and picking up a different room instead of um, Adagio. But, you know, they got that Kashka, so of course you're going to pick around that Kashka and have that early game regression, which we see um, I love Joseph, you know, going 3-1 and one on the Kashka, not too much of an early game push being done with an Alpha who does have an infinite reboot and has that double life. It can be kind of hard to have a super early aggression coming out of C9 with this, you know, Kashka-Ringo comp that we've seen. I think seeing, you know, Iraqi on this going is someone that we haven't seen him play as um, as successfully as other people like Best, uh, Best Chuck and A. But, uh, you know, we see the early game, even though the kills don't show it, the early game coming out of Cloud9 and pressuring the jungle and just stealing away a lot of farm. Uh, we see I Love Joseph having 69 CS and Xenotech having 36. So the issue early on was Iraqi being so worried about his jungle and trying to help to rotate Xeno, which I get for the most part. But that really just allowed Iraqi to fall way behind. Iraqi picked up attention bow at minute like five and a half minutes which by that time your early game uh if you're getting attention about three minutes like you should be your early game advantage is kind of gone so why not just pick up a sorrow blade and go into sorrow blade breaking point and maybe a bone saw so um i don't know if iraqi made the best choices in this game maybe his rotations were a little off yeah i mean early on like you were saying we saw a lot of aggression from both these teams um, I, like at one point, the Crystal Century lost its first life at 5:30, uh, at five minutes, 30 minutes, or 30 seconds into the game. And C9 at that point was just they were they were handling it and they were trying to make it uh, a snowball into an avalanche. Um, Gangstars they did get a, a decent fight around the 14 minute mark, but uh, the Kraken was shortly un or unleashed shortly after that at the 15 minute mark. And at that point, C9 already had a 2,000 gold lead at the 16 minute mark for C9. So I mean, we see C9, they pretty well handled the Gangstars the first game. Yeah, I mean, 
Um, like you had talked about that early game snowball, we saw both turrets go down by eight minutes, and Gabe was using minion, minion candies, so he was doing everything he could to kind of get that early game advantage. But, you know, like speaking of Gabe, we saw something interesting come out of him, and we saw, uh, we heard Dowsy talking about it as he was casting, but Gabe goes ahead and picks up a poison shiv as the roam captain position, and he also has a heavy prism. So he gets his war treads, fountain, and crucible. Um, he's not using any type of atlas, and if they do need an atlas, I love Joseph has one. So he goes and opts for more attack. I know they were kind of snowballing, so maybe he did this just in order to, you know, he was ahead already, might as well keep the advantage, but that poison ship can really help against that Lyra who's doing a lot of healing. And, uh, you know, no poison ship on old school. He goes and opts for... Uh, more of that crit and get that more damage so they're still getting that mortal wounds but instead of having maybe old school waste an item they put it on that Gabe in a late game so I'm interested to see if this is something that maybe becomes actually helpful uh, I know that analysts over at cloud nine someone who works with them has been testing this out so we'll see if this is something they do in more close matchups instead of these uh, big snowballs but um, we do see cloud nine winning this game um, 10 to 2, and uh, I was kind of interested to see what gangsters are going to be able to change going into game 2 in order to move on to the finals. Yeah, so going into game 2, we see uh, gangsters on side A, Cloud9's on side B. Uh, right away, gangsters, they ban away that grump jaw. So, uh, don't know really the reasoning for that, I guess, considering that uh, C9 didn't play grump jaw in the first game, but they didn't want to see it in the second game. So then C9, they go ahead and ban out that Kestrel. Uh, Gangstars right away they pick up uh, Kashka and I I love that pickup getting Xenotech back on Akashka, a hero that he's uh, I guess more comfortable with. Um, C9 they go ahead and pick up that Lance and then Gangstars they ban out uh, Gwen and then Cloud9 bans out Adagio and then the final two pickups for each team Gangstars they pick up that Lyra and that late game Adagio or not Adagio but Baron. So you kind of have Gangstars they have that Kashka and Baron. Uh, that early game, late game combination. So it was interesting to see how that was going to play out. But then you see Cloud9, they finish up and they pick up Vox and Taka. Taka being, you know, um, probably a menace to that Baron more than anything. Yeah, I think their main reason for banning that Grumpjaw is because they did first pick Kashka, and Grumpjaw is a counter to Kashka. But then we see Cloud9 still pick up a Lance, who does also a good job of knocking Kashka back and making Kashka's life a little difficult, which that's what we saw Gabe doing a lot during this game, was uh, not allowing Kashka to um, finish kills. Kashka wants to, you know, be using her using her bees and getting those empowered auto attacks and staying on top of someone, but, you know, you would jump in, spin, and get knocked back. So you kind of had to wait until your abilities would come back up. So Gabe really did an excellent job this game of um, getting Kashka off of his team. But once this game kind of wraps up and ends, you see that even though Zeno did go 2-7, and seven, his ability to distract and last and get damage off and allow this late game early game comp to actually work out was pretty impressive and he he really shined for Iraqi even though Zeno struggled score wise. Yeah, so we see I mean starting out at the beginning of the match first blood right away goes over to Xenotech at 3 minutes and 30 seconds. But I mean C9 with uh their gameplay it was just so crisp and so good they get they got two more kills right off the back of it. So I think their rotations were really key to that. Um, I mean, they deleted Zeno, to, or Zeno and uh, they also got Iraqi off the back of that. So 
Uh, Gangstars, they did get a two for one, and they took a turret at uh, they took turret number one at the thirteen minute mark. Um, but then they also got Gabe as well for an ace, which allowed Gangstars to take number tur turret number two as well. So that was a really good fight for them at that point. Yeah, I mean, I think in the last game we saw I Love Joseph on that Kashka absolutely invading the jungle, stealing away farm, and then this game we see uh, Xenotech not being able to do the same to the, like, to the same extent as I Love Joseph was. We see C9 coming into their jungle that very early game, like you had said. But, um, you know, it's kind of just a back and forth team fights. Uh, we saw team fights going Gangstar's way. If Xeno could get down his um, Yummy Cat in a Frenzy, on top of old school and the times that he did that really allowed Baron to get off his damage he needed. Uh, we saw just, you know, messy team fights at the very end, which allowed, um, you know, gangsters to get that last ace and push in to win the game and actually take game two. Yeah. Did you see Gabe when, uh, when they got that crack in, did you see what he did when, how he was like running around to not give up that ace? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, was insane. That was insane. He's he um, that was crazy. I was I, like, they're gonna get him. They're gonna get him. Oh no, they're not. That oh, Kraken gonna... got three full turrets and almost the fourth, all because they chased Gabe with yep. with Iraqi, who is Baron, the slowest person. He uses jump jets every two seconds, but could still not catch up. And I mean, Gabe's like, okay, I'll wait for my team to get back up. I'll not let you get an ace, and I'll let my Kraken get three, basically four turrets. Because then we saw, not long after that, I love Joseph. After a team, another messy team fight happened. He's like, all right, I'm gonna run to the base real quick and kill this turret, and kind of try to start on the crystal and maybe try to win it. And then they killed him, and then they ended up reversing and pushing the other way. It was just kind of a crazy fights at the end. Final score, 13 to 13. So it was definitely back and forth match. Yeah, but we do see that Gangstars do sneak out this one and force the Game 3. Yeah, so in this Game 3 draft, we see Cloud9 on side A and Gangstars on side B. Cloud9 goes ahead and bans away that Kestrel right away, and then we see Gangstars go ahead and ban away that Kashka. We actually get both healers come through, uh, Daggio on Cloud9 and Lyra on Gangstars. Uh, second round of bans, we see Grumpjaw again. So that kind of just shows that Grumpjaw is not only a band away if there's a Kashka, but also just from the simple fact that he does turn fights from a 3v3 to a 3v2. Uh, and then the next ban for Gangstars is that Glaive. Uh, last pickup for Cloud9, we get a Lance and a um, Fortress, which was a pretty interesting comp. We were The analysts were talking about they were kind of interested to see who was going to play what, especially if it was going to be a weapon power Lance. And the last two pickups for Gangstars was a Gwyn and then a Sky, which I was really interested to see on how Xeno Sky was and how good he could play on a Sky. Yeah, for that Cloud9 comp, it's three captains. Uh, well, I guess you could say, obviously, you know, Adagio is a flex pick. Um, Lance, could, I guess, could be considered a flex pick along with Fortress. So they're all really flex picks, but they're all categorized as the captain roles. So uh, this goes to show you how much Vanglory the game has with, with flex picks. I think it's really cool. Um, I really like that comp by C9. I mean, it was definitely an unconventional comp. They did run a double CP, which does not have much success. That hasn't been a thing since early, early Vainglory with dubbing weapon power comps. You just stack shield and you kind of outlast them. So I was really interested and surprised. They didn't run that Gabe on um, Fortress, and they allowed Isle of Joseph to be on the Fortress, have that Aftershock, Storm Crown, and be another CP along with Old School's Adagio. But honestly, it worked out a lot better than I thought. Had a lot more success. 
um, you know, Zeno on this guy. I don't know if he just wasn't comfortable enough. He just couldn't make the plays he needed to make. But, uh, you know, he would put out so much he would put out so much damage sometimes, but, you know, just couldn't secure the kills. He, um, one point, got caught at the shop, yep. sleeping, gets killed, 0-3 this game. You know, we kind of see a trend when Zeno struggles. I think the whole Gangstars team struggles. Iraqi feels the pressure. But, you know, when Zeno's maybe on a Black Feather Kashka and playing really well, that's when Gangstar shines. Yeah, I mean, we see, like, Gangstars did have that early game wrapped up. I mean, they were t- they took down uh uh, C9's turret at the 11 minute mark. Uh, they were doing a really good job putting the pressure on C9. But like you said, C9 catches Zeno shopping at the at the shop, and that's when it kind of started to be a little bit of a turnaround. I mean, they kill Zeno, and then they also took a, a, the first turret off that kill. So uh, it it was like I, I don't know. It's it's hard sometimes making that decision on whether you go back to base to shop or if you try to sneak something in real quick at the shop. But Zeno got caught out, and he ended up paying for it. It was a pretty weird thing. I'm almost wondering if something didn't happen connectivity-wise because he was there for longer than I. you see pros shopping. Normally, they know what they want. And he shopped on their side when he had just left their must or their tri-bush, kind of knowing they were rotating down. So definitely a weird thing. We saw Zeno opt for going three full offensive items and not getting an Aegis early on, especially against a double CP. I'm not sure why you wouldn't get that and need that to survive. Uh, even though Fortress, all he has Aftershock, Stormcrown, he jumps on you and gets off his uh, Truth of the Tooth, Law of the Claw. Uh, both those items can do a lot of damage if you have no defense against that. So while Xeno was doing a lot of damage, um, Gabe and I Love Joseph did a great job of getting on top of Xeno and not allowing him to dance around like that sky can be uh, an a nuisance. So Cloud9, while it wasn't um, an extremely decisive game, we saw nine kills out of Cloud9 and we saw three out of Gangstars. Uh, they go ahead and win that game three and move on to the to the finals. It also blew my mind though that like it was Sweejay was talking on the the analyst desk after the game that they kept fighting in the corridors and what can you not do when you're playing against the Lance? You cannot fight in tight in tight spaces and every time, I mean we saw you know Gabe get a, a three man impale and a three man uh, Githian wall and that is just that will just delete your team because you cannot move. You cannot do anything. And they just kept fighting there and it was their ultimate demise. Yeah. While sky does do some success in the jungle, having, uh, being able to hit forward barrages and, uh, doing her reposition with Surrey strikes can, um, be using her advantage. I think Gabe on that Lance has even a better advantage in the jungle. So maybe fighting the lane and sticking more towards turrets would have been a smarter idea for them. But unfortunately, Gangstars did not perform like they wanted, and they do drop 2-1 to one in that series against Cloud9. So, I mean, moving on to this next matchup, Team Solo Mid versus Tempo Storm. I'm not sure if either team really cared during this matchup. Um, we see uh, Bansi tweeting out on day after day one, who should I play in day two? And we got like a jungle fin that almost won, but uh, CP Ozo actually ended up winning. And you know what? Vonsi sucked true to his words, and he played CP Ozo in this first game. Yeah, and I mean, we do see that Best Chuck NA was not playing. Uh, it's like they were talking on the desk that uh, they wanted they they had said from the beginning if they get the you know if they get uh, number one seed or number two seed wrapped up, they did want to give the, their sub time to play just to kind of get a feel for it in case. For some reason, you know, there would be something that happened in life championships and one of them couldn't play that he wasn't just going in there cold and he had some time that he had played 
in the in a professional setting, I guess. So we see Best Chuck not playing that first game. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Hammers fan and you're a fan of theirs, you don't like these matchups. You get pretty frustrated with Team Silamid. A lot of people saying they're purposely just they don't care. They're losing. Uh, me personally, you know, if you're in that position, you kind of can do what you want. If you need to try new things, try it. I don't think Team Silamid is. I mean, who knows? Team Solomon's thinking, do we want Hammers to have that first round bye, or do we want Hammers in a more difficult place and have to play on day one and maybe let Temple Storm beat us, and then Temple Storm allows, then loses to Cloud9. So who knows what actually went into their minds. I don't see Flash X and them doing that on purpose. But uh, let's go ahead and break down these matchups of these games and talk about all the crazy stuff that happened. Temple Storm not alone on these new comps. We see J. Kim Kim for teams TSMN. And then for Temple Storm, we have Hyde, who is normally the jungler, who is playing um, the captain position on uh, this game one at least. We have Lost Boy Toph playing a carry position. And then we have Poli also playing in a jungle on a carry position. So, you know, it's just maybe they're trying new things. I'm also interested to see maybe Selena cannot um travel to live so who knows maybe they are actually trying to figure out what their comp's going to be because selena can't go not quite sure maybe selena just didn't want to play because we did see selena play on day one so let's go ahead and break down this draft and actually get into these games team still in mid bands away gwen tempest storm goes ahead and bands away that flex pick pick of a glaive team still mid goes ahead and picks up that kestrel uh, which is not going to be uh von c's uh, Kestrel, which I was kind of disappointed, but I was interested to see on how J. Kim Kim could do. Uh, Lyra's picked up for Temple Storm. Second round of bands, we have that Kashka band away, and then we have that Adagio band away. Uh, the last two pickups, like I said, Von C is going to do his, uh, stick through this promise and play Ozo, and then we have Flash X on the Arden. Last pickups for Tempo, we see Lyra, and I was like, yay, Lyra, carry. Captain, I mean, and then we see Baron picked up, and then we see Catherine. So then I was like, oh, well, now Lyra's going to be a carry position, and then Catherine will be jungle. But we do have this uh, Storm Crown aftershock Catherine with a hyper carry possible Baron. So I was pretty interested for this comp in Temple Storm. Yeah, I mean, we see starting out, you know, Temple, they get first blood, and they get another two kills right away for a 3 0 start. So they had a really strong start to the game. Um, which is kind of surprising. I mean, obviously you see that Baron's not an early game hero. Uh, I guess neither really is that Ozo, but that Kestrel can do some damage early game. Uh, so it was kind of surprising, but uh, Lost Boy Toph was playing that Baron. Uh, I was interested to see how he was going to play that. He didn't do too bad uh, considering he's, you know, normally roam position. Uh, yeah, I mean, he went 11-5 and five in that game, so he definitely did not do bad at all. While he is a captain main, I'm sure he does play a lot of other roles, and he's just a talented player altogether. So uh, if it is the case where someone cannot go and Lost Boy is in a carry position, uh, I don't think they'll do terrible. may not be their best type of situation, but yeah, you know, shout out to Catherine. Catherine was picked, 6% pick rate across both reasons. Shout out to Tasty Bacon for that stat. So I was interested to see how Catherine was going to do. We haven't seen Catherine have success on this type of um, jungler role. So uh, Polly, who is also a captain, playing a captain hero, kind of makes sense. Kind of more comfortable with her kit and how she plays. So, um, you know, we saw um, Dowsy having a little fun with J. Kim Kim on request of TSM's team to make fun of him and his name. 
So I'm just going to read a few of these names because they're kind of epic. And shout out to Dowsey for having a really good time with it. First one he yelled during a crazy team fight was Jay Kimbo Slice. Um, that one was pretty good. Uh, Jay Kiminator, like the Terminator. That one was pretty good. And then um, Four Core Jester, you know, he came in through his O and then he made a little magic joke and said J.K. Rowling from Harry Potter. So they definitely had their fun time with uh, J.K. Kim and his name during this game. But I think overall, it was just more of a fun atmosphere. I felt like kind of sloppy fights, 14 to 19 game, uh, tempo wins with 19 kills. So I don't know, man. Like, what else do you have down for this matchup? It was just kind of, I just felt like it was a fun matchup. Really, no, not serious, different heroes, new roles. Yeah, I completely agree. That's exactly what I had down in my notes. I mean, that these guys were, you could tell it wasn't like it was for the, the championship of the Unified Live Championships because there was just a lot of, stuff that you don't normally see i mean we did see tsm they did get cracking at one point but uh tempo did end up getting the kraken later on and pushed it down and won so i mean it was a definitely a different game than what we're used to seeing especially coming from the side of tsm yeah even von c and his build uh, I'm, i don't think that's more like his normal build but uh eva harvest shattered glass broken myth no aftershock on the ozo just going straight strictly for bounces but when he lands that third bounce uh, he's doing approximately 500 healing. So if he gets that off before he did get, he got melted a lot. He had a rough game. They did a good job of focusing him, especially with Poli on that. Catherine can stun him out of that. But um, uh, I don't think he had accessible as a game. I think he wanted to, you know, maybe show off that Ozo since that's what the fans wanted. But Tempo wins game one. So we're going into a game two. We're kind of seeing this drama unfold of. You know, if Team Snow Mid loses, that means Cloud9 is going to play Tempo Storm, and then that means Cloud9 is going to maybe dominate Tempo Storm and win. But uh, let's be real. I think if Team Snow Mid does win and play Cloud9, I think Cloud9 still wins because of J. Kim Kim and Flash X, AK, or Best Chuck, whoever was playing. Like they switched in the second game. Best Chuck comes in and plays Captain, and I'm sure Flash X, like took Flicker, his dog, to the dog park or something and just decided he didn't want to play for the rest of the day. I'm not sure. <laughs> Tempo, Storm first, Tempo Storm first picks that Lance, which is going to be Hyde, um, the jungler, still playing the captain position. Then we see first pick for Team Silliman, Lyra. Uh, second round of bands is Kashka and Baron. Then last pick is for Tempo is Blackfeather, which we have seen... Maybe you haven't seen it. it. Depends if you lost if you watch Lost Boy outside of competitions and stuff. But he does play a lot of Black Feather, so Lost Boy in the lane on his Black Feather, and then we got a Fortress coming through, which is going to be Polly on that Fortress, kind of that jungle jungle Fortress. Then the last two pickups for Team Solomid is an Arden, which I was like, okay, Captain Arden, Lyra Carry, Weapon Power, Jungler Taka possibly, which was the last pickup was Taka. But, you know, Von C decides, nope, I'm going to go in the lane. Jim, J. Kim Kim's going to go down to the jungle, and I'm going to play a tension bow, one-punch uh, Arden. Yeah, uh, J. Kim Kim was a beast on that uh, Taka. I mean, at one point he had a triple kill at six minutes in, and he he looked like he had not missed a beat, and he knew exactly how to play that Taka. 12-4, and four, pretty strong game for him. He had some insane dives. Um once again, just another who cares. Let's just ace each other back and forth throughout the game. And once we get late enough, whoever gets the last ace will win. We see score 17 to 6. Uh, you know, um, you know, just 
Lost Boy going with two uh, heal items on him, you know, getting that sustain. We have a heal coming off of Lyra. Uh, so that means, you know, Von C, he goes and picks up his own Shiver Steel or Shiver Poison Shiv. Sorry, Shiver Steel, Poison Shiv. Kind of, kind of the same item. Not, same thing, right? Not, not a big deal. Not really. Exact opposite. <laughs> I don't. When's the last time we've seen a Shiver Steel in competitive? I think maybe the only time you play Blackfeather, but even then, people don't pick it up. Anyways, um, you know, Hyde, I'm not sure how he uh, felt in this captain position on these last games. Interested to see him, what is going to happen for this team in the future. Uh, you got anything else? I mean, yeah, just like what you were saying, basically, that it was a lot of back and forth with aces. I mean, we see Tempo Storm, they get their first ace at nine minutes and get the turret number one, and then another ace right back at 10.30 and get turret two. But then it was almost like TSM's like, hold on, wait a minute, we're not going to let you just, you know, steamroll us. So they turn around, they get an ace at 12.30, and they get gold mine off the back of it. And then Team Solo Mid was like trying to make that comeback. They got a, the Kraken at 15.30, and they took two more turrets down of tempos. But then we see the turnaround. Tempo gets an ace at 18.30 and wins the game off it. So it was just back and forth, back and forth, sloppy play. Yeah, I mean, there were some times that Von C had really good team fights, and I was kind of surprised the amount of damage that Arden was actually doing. Um, you know, that tension bow kind of falls off late game into this 19 minutes of a game. But uh, uh, who knows? Maybe the carry lane and the Arden's actually viable. And maybe seeing someone, a normal laner play him with, like, a tension bow, bone saw, that kind of stuff, he would do a lot of damage. But you know what? Tempo goes ahead and wins this game, moves on to the finals against Cloud9. So, hey, you know what? We No matter how what happened and all the drama behind it, we got a new team in the finals for the first time. Yes, we do. Tempo making it to the finals. So uh, let's side note, thank you, TSM, for that. But anyway, uh, so first up for the first matchup, let's go ahead and dive right into that draft. Uh, Tempo Storm, they're on side A. Cloud9's on side B. We see Tempo Storm, they go ahead and ban out that Lance. Uh, Cloud9 comes back and gets rid of the, the Kestrel. And then Tempo Storm picks up Glaive, and then Cloud9 picks up Kashka. Uh, Cloud9 then bans away Lyra, and then Tempo Storm bans away Adagio. So both the healers are out and not in this matchup. And then we see for the final two pickups that Tempo Storm, they pick up Gwen and Grumpjaw. So we see that Grumpjaw come through again. And then uh, Cloud9, they go ahead and pick up the Arden and the Fox. Yeah, I mean, we see Poli and Lost Boy. The comp for position-wise for Tempo is Poli and Jungle, Lost Boy in the lane, and Hyde in the uh, captain position still. That doesn't change into the last matchup. But uh, we got a Tension Bow on Lost Boy and an Aftershock on Poli. Both really inexpensive items to have an early game advantage, but that doesn't really happen for them, unfortunately. I Love Joseph does a really good job of uh, jungling and being that uh, Terror Kashka with that Broken Myth Aftershock 9 and 3 on that Kashka does a really, uh, really jo a strong job. I mean, let's see. There's not too much to talk about in this game. Grumpjaw uh, in that Kashka is supposed to do a decent job of countering, and even with just Aftershock and Stormcrown, if you do get his abilities off and get onto old school, that slow and that Aftershock proc does a pretty good, decent chunk, but. Cloud9 just not messing around. They really want that first round by. They win this game in 11 and 20, 11 minutes and 26 seconds, 6 to 19. Yeah, they were not messing around at all. I mean, they were turret diving underneath turret number one. They took that at 6.30. They were juggling the turret aggro like we know that they can do, like it was no problem. You could definitely tell that they were not going to treat this as what TSM and Tempo did. They wanted to 
win these, you know, win this week at the, the championship. Uh, I mean, C9, then they took the turret number two and three before the 10 minute mark. So like you had said, uh, C9 won at 1030. Uh, there's definitely a big difference in the hero play in this, in this game. Yeah, so for second game, looking at the draft, it kind of seems like a troll draft. But honestly, Temple Storm executed it pretty well, and I was extremely surprised. Never thought this game would be as close as it was. Uh, Cloud9 on side A, Tempo on side B. First ban, we have Kestrel being banned away. Then the Kashka followed up on Tempo. First picks up, pickups for Cloud9. We got Adagio, and then we have Lance on that Tempo. Uh, then we have band round two, Samuel and Taka, which was interesting. Normally one of those is picked and the other one is banned, not both just banned away. Then we see Cloud9 picking up Arden and Blackfeather. That's pretty interesting to see a Blackfeather um, on I Love Joseph, not someone we see him play a lot. And then we get a Glaive picked up, so maybe you see a, a Jungle Glaive actually come through. And then we see uh, a Saul be picked up. So... I was interested to see on where it was going to be, who was going to play what. Lost Boy goes ahead and goes back in his captain position on the Lance. Hyde goes up into the lane to play this Crystal Saw. And then probably he plays his um, Weapon Power Glaive that he's not famous for because he's a captain. Yeah, CP Saw, man. I was like, either this is going to go really good or this is going to go really bad. And like you said, I was I was kind of surprised at how well he kind of played it, but I mean, obviously, in the end, it still didn't work. Um, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see in this next two point four patch. Uh, Saw got a bit of a buff. I don't think much with the crystal power at all, but maybe more of a weapon power. Saw trying to get him back into picks. It'll be interesting to see, but definitely didn't work out in this two point three uh, patch. Uh, interesting thing from Cloud Nine to counter this Saw, we saw two slumbering Hus picked up on Gabe Vizzle and I Love Joseph, which is Something to kind of help against the big burst damage is coming out of that saw. I mean, when that saw lays down his um, his B, lays out his suppressing fire, I mean, the amount of damage a saw can do in crystal is strong, normal. But when you have a saw who has shatter glass in three, I'm going to say that one more time just so everyone understands, three broken <laughs> miss, the amount of damage that comes out is insane. And I mean, if you can get that suppressing fire you're in the back lane you get them kind of all three jumped up you get a solid impale and a knockback from Polly. oh my you get melted and we saw that happen successfully many times for Hyde and lost boy where lost boy would stun him up he would get his uh his suppressing fire down which means he's got 12 stacks which means he can pop his alt which is auto attacks on his alt do 500 some damage and then he can you know roadie run and shank the crap out of someone for approximately 1300 damage which we saw multiple times in this fight um, another interesting fact we saw once again, Game Viz will pull out a Poison Shiv. So this is something we see another time. Uh, maybe a more serious game, not sure. We'll see if this ever happens again. But yeah, honestly, it was a really fun matchup. I really like watching Crystal Saw. He's very particular in how you play them. You have to be executed correctly. And when you see a crit of 1,300 Crystal damage, that's just insane to watch. Yeah, I mean... Not to mention, obviously, their game plan was to just do the burst damage and try to delete someone out because, I mean, you know, that Glaive had that tension bow. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. CP uh, Saw is a lot of fun to watch. It's just very hard to get uh, worked properly. So kind of diving into the game, I guess, again, we see Lost Boy. He gets the C9 turret number one by himself. But during that whole time that he was getting the turret number one, C9 was unleashing the Kraken. 
So they were like, yeah, go ahead, have that turret. We're going to take out two or three of yours once we get this cracking. So uh, kind of bit uh, Lost Boy in the butt a little bit, but he did get one of their turrets, and they went from there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, now that I look at this even more, it's just crazy. Uh, Cloud9, they had three war treads. Um, they had two atlases. They had two summering husks. Um, Isle of Joseph had a serpent's mask and breaking point, and then he had four basically defensive items. And I'm counting war treads as a defensive item because you do get a good amount of health out of that. So he was doing his best to stay alive. Eight and four, honestly, a really solid job. Gabe Fizzle going six and three, helping out old school who struggled a little bit on seven and nine on that Adagio. Pretty funny things happen in this game. Crazy things happen in this game. They were pretty comical. We see Poli playing a little game of cat and mouse, running away from I Love Joseph, and he gets his after him back up. He afterburns into the Kraken pit and accidentally taps on the Kraken, hits the Kraken, the Kraken turns and smacks him in the face and kills him, which gives the ace to Cloud9, which was actually really huge for Cloud9. So I know Polly was probably pissed when he got hit by that Kraken, Kraken OP officially. Yeah, um, so we know that we know that NA has OP Kraken and EU has OP turrets. Just ask Waldemar. Yeah, definitely OP turrets over there in EU. And then the last thing to finish up this game and to finish up weekend number three we have a team fight at the crystal we have um tempo coming out of their base killing all of cloud nine yes they just saved their crystal they have a chance to still win unfortunately right before old school died he got his gift of fire off and the crystal was burning and the burning happened to be enough damage to win the game after everyone died that was hilarious i was like wait a second how did that, oh man, that that's killer. That sucks. Yeah, uh, casters were confused. Everyone was confused. Mass chaos. Um, we didn't know if there was a glitch in the game, and they broke it, and the game just blew up, and it was over. But then once you saw replay, you saw old school get off a gift of fire, and you could see slightly the little animations of the fire happening on the crystal. So Cloud9, they go ahead, win the game. They go ahead and move into second place. Um, final break point breakdown for NA is team still in mid with 42. I believe they probably had 43 cause they were in that third place matchup and they, I think they beat, beat gangstars two to zero cloud nine, 34 hammers, 33 gangstars, 22, uh, tempo with 10, uh, immortals with six tribe and rogue with four. So, uh, tempo goes ahead and moves in that five spot. Immortals still six, which means they still will be moving on to the live finals um honestly they are definitely the weakest team going into these live finals and i would say they're even weaker than all of europe which is a big thing to say you call on europe weak i'm not calling europe weak but i'm calling that everyone thinks na is better than europe na has not lost a game to europe to this day in vg history uh, we saw Flash X tweet out a little thing. It's going to be a big disappointment if we do lose the Europe because of main roster changes, which is something that we will be have to talk about later on. Can't even figure it out now. One, everyone's tweeting they're not going, and I don't know who's trolling, who's serious. Von C tweeted it out. I think he's trolling. He plays for Team Solomid. I'm pretty sure Team Solomid's going to make him go. We know starting yeah. with school issues, starting all over, he can't go. Uh, that's a huge issue for Hammers. Uh, that's a big roster change. Who knows how that roster is going to work out without starting all over. Tempo Storm, you know, we saw Selena not playing. Matt could be a sign of maybe a different comp coming out. And uh, Cloud9, you know, I love Joseph. He's always been questionable about traveling. I think he's on Cloud9 now, so I'm assuming he'll be there. 
But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see on what's going to happen with roster changes. Uh, and you know what? After I've seen Europe go head-to-toe every matchup they play and every matchup's intensely close, I, I think Europe will be an NA team in this live finals for sure. You forgot another person who can sometimes be questionable, another large player. Do you know who it is? Um, Iraqi? Yep. Well, he was on he his should, way... He, he should, I know, I know. He should be set, but I'm just saying, just to add to the fire a little bit. Yeah, he was on his way. Hopefully, him gets he doesn't like leave the country and never be able to come back or something. That should not happen. But um, yeah, weekend three was pretty crazy. Uh, you know what? Everything was crazy enough. I don't think there's much discussion for MVPs. I think we just have to give it to the whole squad at Cloud Nine because they did come back and get into that second place. Team Solomid. No one even played for them, so no one on that team that team deserves yeah. it. Tempo Storm uh, also they switched so many positions. None of them really outstandingly performed, besides maybe Lost Boy on that carry position. So uh, you know what, Cloud Nine, uh, I love Joseph, Gabe Vizzle, and Old School rounding out the top. Uh, I think they're gonna win MVPs this week. I agree. You're not gonna hear a word from me on that, but it was like like we had talked about. That it was kind of a weird week. I mean, not. Everyone playing like I guess you could say what they should be, especially in day two. But yeah, I uh, congrats to C9. So yeah, that moves us right into these um, discussion of these challenger battles and what's going to be happening this upcoming weekend for EU. We have Rising Lotus, Fluffy Chicken, and Mouse Sports, and the three teams they will be playing against is first place Reliable Union. Uh, do you know who they are? Reliable Union? Yep. Have you seen their matches in the VGL? I have watched a couple. You'll have to... Re- I don't know if I can remember. No, that's a team head. that I have not seen much of, of. So I was really surprised to see them at that top spot. Second place, we have Denial Esports. I'm kind of excited to see them back in the mix-up. I think they're better than Fluffy Chicken. Uh, I think they're better than... I think they're better than Fluffy Chickens, even though they lost. I think they're better than Mouse Sports for sure, and I think they're better than Rising Lotus. So maybe Denial... They- Denial has a whole new roster, just so everyone knows, too. They're still second, though, so we'll see. Who knows? And then third place, still even more surprising, Lemon and Lime. So Lemon and Lime is going to get stuck playing against whoever the other teams don't you know, pick. And then we see for NA side, the bottom three teams, we got Immortals, which chance they may drop out of uh, Bangalore 8. If they lose, they'll still be heading to the live finals. We have Team Rage Pingers at number one. We have Los Baboons, formerly known as Noble Pro, at number two. And then Giraffes at number three. Um, the main story of this is not even those top three teams, man. It's Necrolite. You want to talk about what Necrolite did in this Challenger Battles? They ended in fourth place. They beat Misfits and they beat Echo Fox. And then they still somehow did not get in the top three. What's Which, up with that? Yeah, that just shows how important it is to be able to pick your position. Necrolite did finish third last time. They got stuck playing Rogue. Lost a heartbreaker two to one, and then you know Misfits and Echo Fox get booted out by the other two teams, and then Necrolite just proves that those two teams deserve to lose because Necrolite go ahead and beat them, take them out of that tournament, and don't allow them to get a maybe a chance back in. So super excited for Necrolite and maybe uh, you know what they have coming up in the future. Standing Solo, uh, Rezgo and Juni, uh, both three solid players and they beat misfits and echo fox so who knows what echo fox has got in store they got some time to think and figure things out that just goes to show though 
that you want to, in my opinion, you want to take the lowest place team. Don't worry about the points. You just, you've got to get into the VG8 to even get the points. If you can't even get into the VG8, then you're not getting points. So in my opinion, take the lowest and then work from there especially in this second this second round considering you won't be able to take someone's points enough to be able to move into live finals anyways so you just want to be able to get into v8 for next season so um yeah you know other notable mentions that aren't going to be up here teams like uh you know nrg is another kind of a disappointment we are seeing not fully coming to their probably potentials we haven't seen them yet in this scene either so um let's go ahead and break down which each team has picked and then we will talk about who we think is going to win all right so let's go ahead and look at these eu teams and look at which of these uh number one spot who they picked and we'll go down the line and make our picks um let's see we had reliable take first pick and they made the smart decision i think me and you both agree they picked mouse sports picked the lowest uh the lowest team with the lowest points probably the weakest team we believe uh, there's no chance of getting into the live finals anyway so they really just want to get into the v8 scene um next pick we saw denial they decided to take rising lotus they went a formal former v8 team they went back on the scene they're going to try to get those nine points from rising lotus and then lemon lime they tried that method last time from uh trying to beat rising lotus and they decided to, they got they didn't cite anything actually they got stuck with fluffy chickens which i think is actually a good matchup for them how about you give me your picks and i'll give you mine all right so yeah for my first matchup uh i i decided i was going to go with reliable union um mouse sports i don't know really how they survived last time uh, in the challenger battles but they did and um, i mean they went through this whole challenger series and they only got one point they did get one win but I just don't think they're a strong enough team. Reliable Union, I think, is going to pull it out, and I think they're going to be in the VGA for the next. And then for my next one, uh, we got Denial against Rising Lotus. I'm going to go with Rising Lotus. Um, Denial, like you had said, that they had been in a v they were a VGA team before, but um, I, I think it was a bold strategy. They were, you know, they went with they had they could pick between. Lotus and Fluffy Chickens, and they wanted to get the more points. We saw the last time in the last Challenger battles that that did not work out for that team, and they didn't even get into the VG8. So uh, I'm going to go with Rising Lotus staying in the VG8 again. And then for my last one, Lemon and Lime against Fluffy Chickens. Um, Lemon and Lime, strong team. Uh, I think Mr. K. Cool, right? Yeah, yeah, Mr. K. Cool. They got third in the the first, uh, first set, didn't they? Uh, they got first in the first challengers. They challenged Rising Lotus. Oh, that's did, right. That's right. Because they tried to yes, sneak okay. in and get those points. That's right. Well, they got third this time, and going, they didn't really have a choice this time, so they went. They got Fluffy Chickens as the last team that was left. So I'm going to go with Fluffy Chickens to stay in. Really, that's interesting. I think, I think Lemon Lime, even though they're third, I still think they're the strongest team in. Um, the challengers, just kind of like NA, we see these top three teams, uh, not maybe the, they are the strongest, but maybe not the most known type of players. You know, we have denial that has that new roster players that we are going to have to look out for. It's not on the doom anymore. So, uh, that'll be an interesting change. Uh, let's see my picks. Um, I think I'm going to go with mouse sports somehow still winning and staying, uh, I think they did it last challengers in some way, and I think they're going to do it again. Um, Rising Lotus, I think they're going to defend off denial, mostly because 
I know you've watched a little bit of this Denial Squad, uh, and I have not at all, to be 100% honest. So I'm going to stick with Rising Lotus. I think they'll keep their spot. And then Lemon Lime, I think they're going to get a little bit of revenge. They're going to come back and from that loss last split and coming into VA, and I think they're going to beat Fluffy Chickens and uh, enter the V8 scene for the first time in Europe. Mm, so we agree on Rising Lotus and... That's it. Or we don't agree on Mount Sports. Yeah, that's it. Just mm, Rising Lotus. I think Rising Lotus will stay. So I only got one team going in, and you got two teams going in. So, Correct? No, you have no. one team as well. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're on it tonight. Yeah, it's confusing, man. <laughs> All right, so NA, let's go ahead and break these ones down one by one. First pick was Team Rage Pingers. You know, this is a team that we've seen uh, made a little bit of a change. They took Starboy in as that captain position, along with a talented Big Dog and the extremely talented Truth. Um, strong squad, honestly. Not surprised they ended first. Kind of surprised with the two teams that entered uh, the Challengers with Misfits and Echo Fox. Uh, they decided to pick Rogue. Um, I don't know if that's the smartest choice. We saw Necrolite, who had a great split this time, beating Misfits and Echo. Dropped a Rogue to three. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure how that's going to go. It's a hard one. The next matchup, we see... Los Baboons, they pick up Immortals. They're going to challenge that Immortal squad, which actually I think is the weakest squad there. And then Tribe, uh, the Drafts, whoever they are, another African animal, they decided to <laughs> they decided to pick up that Tribe team, which I think that's going to be a hard matchup for them. So here's my picks real quick. I think Truth will be close with Team Ragefingers, but I think Rogue is going to fend them off 3-2 once again. Rogue's going to struggle. And then uh, Los Baboons, you know, they have uh, Yazara, Yazara, I think, Rue, Yazaru, I don't know. And then Supershot, another two big names, uh, kind of in that scene, very talented players. So I think that's going to be a good max matchup. But uh, once again, I think the experience with Suijay, I'm going to stick with Immortals. And I think my most confident game is Tribe against Giraffes. I think that Tribe squad is definitely going to fend off those drafts, possibly even 3-2. Ooh, all right. So I agree with you um, on the tribes and giraffes. I think the tribe will handle giraffes pretty easily, actually. Um, I also agree with you on immortals versus baboons, which is kind of surprising because I haven't been very high on immortals lately. But I do agree with you with Suijay, uh being their coach. Um, I think he'll do a good job of coaching them and getting them ready for this this challenger battle. Um, but the one we do disagree on is I think Rage Pingers are going to get in the VGA, and I think they're going to take out Rogue just because, you know, Starboy, Big Dog, and Truth, they are all great players. I've watched them play a couple times, not very many in the uh, the, the Viz League, but uh, I think that the Rage Pingers will get in, so I think they're the only one that will get in for NA. Yeah, uh, even though um, we saw two teams coming in last split with um, Tribe and Tempo, uh, formerly known as LibX and One Piece 101. Um, I'm not sure. I think these matchups will be a lot closer, even though the last week's matches were closer. But I think the uh, V8 teams will have the edge this round. Uh, Team Rage Pingers definitely have the best chance to take down Rogue, only because they're playing really well right now. And um, just that inconsistency maybe coming out of a Rogue. But 
um, them playing and scrimming those high skill teams such as uh, TSM, Cloud9, those other teams, they may have the advantage, uh, especially with this being on 2.4. We do get to see the new patch. No idea who we'll see. Doubt we'll see Baptiste, Baptiste Day, Bap. Um, who knows if we'll see him just because uh, a lot of teams need to fill him out, figure out what his role is. It could be an interesting off-meta pick. And we'll have the new Storm Crown change, which is probably the biggest one. We will see if we get any of these Grump Jaws, Takas, um, Glaives, uh, and that early game Lyra. We'll see if those things are gone. And I think we may have an even bigger shift than we saw in 2.3. I agree 100% that there will be a bigger shift. Um, I don't think that we will see that Storm Crown as much, but that's just my opinion. We'll see what the teams decide to do with it. I guess they're, they're the professionals, right? Yeah, and it's just going to be harder now for maybe some of these flex picks. I know that Glaive used to be this cooldown weapon power or captain, and now you kind of get rid of that cooldown crystal Glaive, and that used to be a big pick because since weapon plant, weapon power laners are in meta right now, uh, you can't, if you can kind of assume they're going to take a weapon power laner, that means you're not going to be able to have a weapon power jungler. So that does eliminate a lot more than people think, and it's going to be harder to pick. I don't know if we're going to see Glaived banned as much as we used to. TSM used to ban them right off the bat right away because it's such a flex. And same with the Dodger. That's a big flex pick. But with these uh, these nerfs coming up with the Dodger and his Gift of Wrath and the damage that comes out uh, will not be as strong. So we don't know if we'll see him around anymore either. So I'm excited to see maybe emergence of a Flicker Captain and a Lance Captain as top bans and top picks. So... Uh, 2.4 is going to be fun. I think it's going to be a great start to um, the live spring, and we'll see who knows if that's around. I don't know how long 2.4 will be around. Who knows when the next update. I don't think it will probably be around for start of summer because the spring ends June 14th. So I'm pretty excited for this weekend. Probably more excited than I was last split, especially just because um, maybe seeing these new teams of Lost Bubbles and Giraffes, not teams that people have heard of. We're not seeing Echo Fox or Misfits back up here. So, I mean, it's going to be a pretty interesting weekend for both EU and NA. I can't wait. It's going to be exciting, dude. Yeah, man. So, it's been a great seven weeks of these recaps and predictions. I'm excited to see what the summer season will bring us and all the new stuff we try out. But uh, thanks for uh, recording this past week. Oh, yeah. Real quick to our listeners. Uh, we are going to be, uh, I guess you could say, on vacation. We're correct? Yeah, we will be gone. For a week, which doesn't really mean too much considering the vacation is perfectly timed. It's matched up right with Challengers, which you have a week off after that. And even more because uh, Live Finals don't start until the 19th, I believe. So That's true. I didn't think of that really. I was kind of thinking right that week would be when we came back that we, the Challengers would be coming up. Or the, uh, the Unified, but there's a week in between. So never mind. Scratch that. Yep. The next time you hear us will be our prediction episode. For the live finals, there's going to be a lot to talk about. may have two episodes. We'll see if we get someone else on here with us to discuss the new, uh, the new format, the EU versus NA drama. So, uh, yeah, uh, stay tuned, guys. It's going to be an exciting summer, and it's been a great spring. So, cheers. Cheers, man. Thanks for listening to episode 18. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode going to be a pretty exciting weekend with the Challenger battles. We'll see if any teams make it into Vanglory 8. 
Uh, once again, you can follow us on Twitter at TFR and short esports. You can follow our other podcasts with Arvin and Bleco at Time for Wolling and keep up with them over there. But I hope you guys enjoy this episode. We will see you next time when we do our previews of the live final championship over in London. Thanks for listening. Time for Rolling.